Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So it is Christmas. Amen. It is Christmas. And I hope that I hope that we are excited because it is Christmas. And uh, not going to be probably your traditional Christmas message this morning, but, but here, here's my premise. Here's what I'd like to try to get across this morning. We've already heard that song we just sung. We've already heard that Jesus left heaven to come to earth. Amen? That, that's what Christmas is all about. And literally, the book of Philippians teaches us, literally, he stepped off his throne, his high place just as God stepped off that and stepped down into this earth to live with us. And that is an astounding thought uh, that, that Jesus would do that for us. And we celebrate the baby in the manger and Bethlehem and, and all of that. And typically this time of the year, uh, we say that we needed a Savior. Is that true? Really, before anything, we needed a Savior. And so Jesus literally left heaven, came to this earth, dwelt as a little baby, grew up as a boy, became a man, and then died to be our Savior. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. And that is the most important thing. But I would like to offer to you this morning that saving our soul was so very precious. And not having to go to hell, that is so very precious. Having all of our sins taken away, boy, just praise God. And listen, Bethlehem is precious, and we are thankful, but it ended in on the cross when he died for our sins. Amen? And so all of that is true, and we, we recognize that, and we, we want to give that the, the, the top priority that Jesus died for our sins. But I would like to offer to you this morning that though we are saved by believing in Jesus, we can't make it in this life without him. Amen? Can I get an amen? We can't make it in this life. In other words, taking away our sins is phenomenal. Praise God. I'm so thankful I don't have to go to hell, and I'm so thankful that I'm saved. But Brother Steve, I, I can't live this life even after my sins are gone. I, I don't know how. Last week we preached on a journey, and we're on a journey. Amen? We're on a journey. We're going from one place to another. We're, we, we got saved and we're on our, on our time. And sometimes after you get saved, it's a short time. Sometimes it's a long time as far as years go here on earth. But we're on a journey from the day of, of our salvation until we get to heaven. We're on a journey. Amen? Here's a problem. We get lost. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but I just wonder how many here this morning, since you got saved, got lost on your journey. I'm not talking about being going to hell. I'm talking about got off the track, right? You, you, we get lost. And here's the thing, guys. We need a guide. We need someone to guide us 
through this life. Because the truth is, Jesus came to Bethlehem to be our Savior and praise God for it. And Jesus came to, to this earth to save us of our sins, praise God. But the truth is, with, without Jesus as our guide, though our sins are gone, we're going to stray all over the place. Amen? And, and we've learned that over and over again that we, that we tend to, we, do, we just tend to get off track and we need a guide. Now a guide, we're going to try and learn this morning, but a guide, if you go to, you know, if you, if you were to go to Israel, you'd go to another country and you were to hire a guide, the idea is whoever is being your guide knows where he's going. <laughs> Who would pay a guide who says, I've never been here before, let's just do it together. We'll just wander until we find where we're going. Right? But you hire a guide and the guide says, oh, I've been here before. I know exactly where, I know exactly where everything is at. If you follow me, we'll never get lost. That's what Jesus is. Jesus says, I know the path. I know the journey. I know where your life should go. If you'll follow me, everything will be all right. So I want to argue this morning that not only do we need a Savior, and praise God, we did need a Savior, but we needed a guide. We need someone to guide us through this life. And um, we talk about, I don't know if this makes sense to you guys or not, but this is just in Gary's mind. Ever since I was a little boy, I have been taught that you cannot understand this book. It is spiritually discerned. Amen? Now, I believe that. I believe no amount of study, no amount of education, no amount of learning is, is, is going to help you to understand this. Only uh, it, it is a spirit, it is an alive book and it is a spiritually discerned book. And maybe it's just the way my brain processes, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not osmosis. Okay, it's not um, the Holy Spirit just gives me something that I, that, that is just, without the Lord. But here, here's more how I become to understand it, and maybe this is just Gary's thinking, but this book cannot be understood until Jesus sits down and teaches you. But Spike, I've read this a lot of times and didn't understand it. But when Jesus sits down at the table with me and teaches me, then I understand what it means. See, I need a guide. See, the truth is, I don't care how smart you are, how, how intelligent, how much you've read this Bible, you'll never understand this book without a guide. You'll never understand preaching without a guide. You, you'll, never, you'll never understand how to live this life as a Christian without a guide because, and maybe we're saying the exact same thing, but because this is a spiritual walk. We need a guide to guide us through this life. Amen? And that, that's what we need, and that's what we got when Jesus came to this earth. <clears throat> so we couldn't find salvation without our guide. I don't know if you guys get that or not, and I'm not going to rabbit trail too far there, but you'd have never found Jesus if he hadn't come and, found, and led you to him. You say, well, no, I made the decision. Well, Jesus brought you. Or you'd have never found him. 
And once you got saved, uh, we, we, you know, often in church we hear the fact, uh, we'll hear someone say, well, pray, I, need, I need discernment, I need an understanding, I, I have a decision I have to make, I need God to show me something. You know what you're saying? I need a guide. I need a guide. I needed a guide to get saved. I needed a guide, I need a guide now to help me make decisions. I, I need a guide to help me through this life. I need a guide to help me understand the word of God. I need wisdom from God. And Jesus came to be our guide. <clears throat> so here's kind of where we're at. It's Christmas, Sunday before Christmas, but it's also almost, this is mind-blowing, almost the start of a new year. How many of you think 2021 just started a couple days ago? <laughs> Right? I, it goes by so fast. It, it, it is beyond my comprehension to think we're about ready to start a new year. But we're about ready to start a new year. Right? And so I, I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to give you what the Lord's given me. But the Lord has been stirring my heart on some things, some new challenges we're going to face in the coming year and some things that we need to do in the coming year. But we need to prepare for the new coming year. So that's what we're going to try and do today. Uh, but we are at a place at Sand Hill. God has worked so hard with me on this message. We are at a place at Sand Hill uh, that I don't think we've ever, ever been before. But one of my big frustrations, let me just speak real frankly to everyone here this morning. One of my big frustrations is your pastor, and I know I have said this over and over and over again, and it's really kind of what brought this message to my heart. We don't see our own sin. So when I was a young preacher, when I first started passing this church, I was so naive, I thought that if you preach what the Bible says, people will say, oh, I'll do that, right? Well, that didn't work out. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just because there are a bunch of, there's a bunch of rebellious people who just resist what God says, and though, though God is delivering the message, they're just being disobedient. But then I begin to understand there are a lot of really, can I just say this, the best people in this church, the, very, the ones who I think are the closest to God, the ones who I think love Jesus the very most, they can hear the message preached and it is straight towards them and they have no clue what I'm talking about. And, and I have thought, Lord, what do we do? And and, and you might think this is a little bit of exaggeration or hyperbole, but after all of these years, this week, I believe the Lord has opened my eyes to understand why that is. And, and I think this could very literally be one of the biggest messages we preach in a very, very long time. But God has let me understand why it is that you love Jesus and want to serve him and want to be everything you can, and you listen to the preached word, and you don't hear what is said. Now, just in the last few weeks, this is, this is what kind of has stirred my mind, just in the last few weeks, several of you have come to me and have expressed, I'd really like to know what's wrong with me. You know what that is? I preached last week about maturity. You know what that is? That's maturity. Because what you're saying is, I don't see what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm listening to you preach, preacher, but I don't see what's wrong with me. Can I tell you? It's because you need a guide. 
because you need a guide. You, you need someone to, not only the preacher, not only the priest, but you need a guide to take you by the hand and walk you through what you need to change so you can be different for Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We want to talk about that guide that came to Bethlehem who not only took away our sins but wants to guide us through this life. And not only does he want to help you make decisions about buying a car, and not only does he want to help you with all things like but Jesus wants to help you get your life straightened out. We have a lot of people in this church, I'm going to say most of the people in the church, I'm going to say a high, very, very high percentage of people in the church who are all in, who are committed, who love Jesus, who really want to do what God wants to do, and they're still doing things they shouldn't do. Is anybody with me? And here's the thing, guys. We had a little discussion yesterday uh, about, and maybe I am just naive, and maybe all you guys are really, really bad people and I just can't see it. And maybe all you guys hate Jesus and you're not, you don't, you know, you don't want to do what's right and you just disregard the word of God. But I believe we got some people here who really, really love Jesus who are still doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. Okay? And I believe God has given me a message that will help us to understand that this morning. I believe that it will, will open our eyes. <clears throat> so we all have sin that we don't see. Right? And Jesus will guide us to see our sin. And the question that we have to ask is, do you want to see? Do you want to see? See, I'm not preaching to a bunch of people here who are going out and getting drunk and sleeping around and, and doing all kinds of things like that. I'm talking to people who come to church every service, who love Jesus Christ, who are all in, who are, who are working very hard for Jesus, who are doing everything that they possibly can to live up to what they believe is right. But there's still some things in, that you just can't see. And I believe this is what God has shown me, Brother Charles. <clears throat> Even your pastor can't be your guide. Jesus has to take you by the hand. You know, I am the under-shepherd, but let me tell you, there's a good shepherd. Amen? I am a fallible, uh, sinful shepherd, under-shepherd, but there is a good shepherd who knows you like no one else knows you, knows every secret about you, knows every blemish about you, and he wants to take you by the hand and guide you to where he wants you to be. So here's what I want you to understand. If we're about to start a new year, if we are going to face new chances, we're going to do greater things in 2022 than we've ever done before. If we're going to launch out and do tremendous things for Jesus, we, all of you good, loving people here who love Jesus Christ, we need to get fixed before next year. There's a question I believe on your notes. <clears throat> are you willing to let Jesus guide you to see your sin. Josh says, is there an answer goes in there? Yeah, it's your answer. You can put no, you can just kind of uh, ignore the rest of this message and then we can go out to eat after this is over with. But if you put yes there, then you need to listen to how you're going to let Jesus show you your sins. So let me let me be real honest. Everybody look up here. You can, you can fill that in just a second, but everybody look up here. I, I want you to get this. I want to be honest. I have wrestled greatly with this message, but if I'm just being real honest with everybody here, I, I'm being honest, this is Georgie. This, this, is, this is from the bottom of my heart. When God began to speak to me about this, this is, I, I just prayed this this morning, and you, you can think what you want to about me. 
I got done and I prayed, Lord, will you show me what I can't see about me? And you know what I thought, Sister Bessie? What if he does? I don't know if I want to see. I, I don't know if I want to see. I, I'm kind of happy being ignorant. I, I'm kind of happy not knowing. What if he reveals my eyes and then I'm like, oh, I can't go on. And so I don't enter into this saying, well, Gary's already got this figured out. You guys want to get on board? I enter this saying, I am afraid that through this message, Jesus is going to guide me into my sin, and I'm going to be very devastated when I get to look in the mirror. How many times have I preached to you guys that everybody here knows you, but you don't know you? Can I turn that around a little bit? Well, Steve, this is horrifying to me. I am your pastor. All of you know what's wrong with me except me. I'm the only one here that hasn't figured it out. And when God shows it to me, I'm going to think, I can never go back there and pastor them because they all know how I am. Am I making sense to anybody? So this scares me to death. So there's a real part of me that said, nah, Jesus, I don't want to preach that message. And you can show them, but don't show me because I don't think I can take it. But here's another revelation the Lord gave me. And, I, and I, I'm trying to hurry, but this is so very important. Here's another revelation that the Lord showed me. It took me all of these years to figure this out. If Brother Terry, Brother Tom comes to me and says, Pastor, we need to talk. This is what's wrong with you. It would probably hurt so bad. It might just be the end of me. Is anybody with me? If I sit down, if, if I sit down with, with Brother Kevin, with, with Brother Josh, Brother Steve, and I say, listen, this is what's wrong with you. This is what everybody knows. You need to straighten up. The pain would be so great, many of us would probably never come back to church again. So we need a guide to guide us who is not human, who is not your pastor, but who is Almighty God. Is anybody with me? And God gave me the, this, you say, how, I can't believe you're going to read this on, on Christmas Sunday, but this is like the perfect story. I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I've read this a thousand times, and I read this, I'm like, I've never seen this before. It is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It is, it is the perfect illustration of what I've been looking for for, for, for all of these years. And, and I believe if you, you can write yes, you can write no in that question, are you willing to let Jesus show you your sin? Uh, but if you do... I believe this text will clearly illustrate how Jesus can do it. And the title of the message is uh, Trust, Trust Our Loving uh, Guide. I'm going to try and show you how, this is what your pastor can't do. I'm going to try and show you how your guide will take a hold of your hand and he will say, you're all messed up, but I got you. And I'm going to show you your sin, but I got you. And I'm going to take you to the other side where the sin's not, but I got you. Because I love you. Amen? All right. I got a few of you with me. Let's look at the text. Uh, you can remain seated. I'm just going to read just a few verses. We all know this story. If you followed it all, what I've said, uh, I want to try to use this to illustrate how our guide will help us. So in Mark chapter 14, Verse number 22, very familiar scripture. And Jesus saith unto them, 
all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. And Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he spake the more vehemently, and he said, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. And likewise also said they all. I'll be honest with you, that cut me to the heart when God allowed me to see that scripture. So let's dig into this text and see if we can understand it. The, 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 pro, the public proclamation, the truth of our condition is presented. So Jesus is going to present our situation to us. So Jesus walks in. You got to understand, he has now the most uh, faithful uh, disciples of his, the apostles. They have sat at the feet of Jesus for three and a half years. They love Jesus. They're sold out for Jesus. They're all in. They're surrendered. They, they're all in. They're, they're going along, believing he is the Messiah. They are following him faithfully. And Jesus walks in. He says, by the way, guys, every one of you is going to turn your back on me. So this morning at Sandhill Church, when I believe we are one of the best churches that you can find anywhere, some of the best loving Christians that you can find anywhere, if I'm going to look at all of you guys and I'm going to tell you guys, all of you guys are going to let Jesus down big time. Right now, you guys hear that all the time, so it's not really news here, but you guys are going to let Jesus down. That's the truth. That's the truth of our condition. And But I want you to get the shock factor. The disciples are like, are you kidding me? We're good Christians. We love Jesus. It doesn't matter what happens, we're all in. Has anybody here ever made a brag you couldn't live up to? See, G Peter was, Jesus, you're wrong. Jesus, you're wrong. I know you're God, I know you're the Messiah, I get all that, I know you're our Savior, but you're wrong, because you don't know how much I love you. Jesus, I love you. See, there's a lot of preachers preach, preach Peter a different way, but here's how I look at Peter. I believe he was genuine, I believe he was sincere, I, believe he, I don't believe he was a hypocrite, I don't believe he was being braggadocious, I don't believe he was, was trying to put on a show. I believe in his heart of hearts, when Peter took a very hard look at himself, he says, I know me, and I will not deny Jesus Christ. And he upped the ante. He said, not only will I not turn my back on you, I will die for you. Because I know how much I love you, Jesus. And as I began to study that, I thought, that's Sandhill Church. Because you guys love Jesus. And if I was to tell you you're going to fail Jesus, you would say, you don't understand how much I love Jesus. I will never sin against my God. 
And Peter could not grasp that he could do such a thing as turn his back and deny Jesus. But the truth is, here's what everybody here needs to see. The truth is, Peter could not see himself. A lot of preachers want to preach Peter bad. I think he was one of the best disciples in, in the whole bunch. But he couldn't see himself. Now, we make fun of Peter because we read all of his life. How many of you would like to have your life and all of your mistakes recorded in the Bible for everybody else to read? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be great? I mean, when you get to heaven, how would you like to be Peter? Oh, hi, Peter. I know what you did, right? I mean, his, all of his mistakes are laid out there. But here's what I tell you guys all of the time, and here's what I want you to understand. Did the other disciples know Peter? Oh, no, he's talking again. You know what? He's going to say something stupid. Uh, I mean, every, they knew Peter. But Peter looked at Peter, and Peter said, I love Jesus. He's everything in my life. He's the most important. I would do any. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him. I love Jesus with all of my heart. And no matter what happens, I will not deny him. I'll die, but I will not deny him. And Peter believed that with all of his heart. But the other people in the church, they thought, well, I know how Peter is. Peter couldn't see it but everybody else could. And the Lord just really opened my eyes and said, that's Sandhill Church. Listen, if you're one of those here who don't love Jesus and is not all in, I'm glad you're here. But I believe most of you here love Jesus with all of your heart. I believe you're all in. I believe you're committed. I believe that you, in your heart of hearts, you believe you love Jesus with all of your heart. I believe most of you sitting here this morning are telling yourself this very thing, just like Peter did. If the government takes our freedom away, locks me up in jail, tortures me for years, and then kills me, I will not turn my back on Jesus. Does anybody here who loves Jesus that much? But would you? But would you? Because Peter said, I will. <laughs> but he didn't. And Jesus could see what was wrong with Peter, but Peter couldn't see what was wrong with Peter. And so Jesus is going to guide him through this problem. Now, I, I want you to see this. This is really, really hard. I can't even tell you how your pastor has struggled with it because here's what I, here's what I know preaching to you guys. If I'm going to preach to you guys, I need to let Jesus do it. And if Jesus grabs me by the hand and guides me through my sin, I'm not sure I want to go. Okay, I, I'm just not real sure I want to go. I'm not sure I want to see it. But here's the thing. I want you to see this. This is really the whole premise of the whole message. I want you to see how much Jesus loved Peter. He didn't say, I called him. He's a mess. He's a failure. I, I don't know why I even bother with him. Jesus said, before I saved you, Peter, I knew exactly who you were. I knew every time you were going to fail me and every time you were going to let me down, and I love you. And I want to guide you through what you can't see, but I love you just as much, even though you're going to fail me. The Lord has been teaching me this a lot of, for years and years and years. But is there anybody here that's ever really, really, really failed Jesus and then Him just love all over you? And you feel like a dirty, rotten dog? <laughs> and He just like, he, he puts His arm, He says, no, Jesus, you can't hug me, I'm dirty. No, I love you. No, Jesus, you don't understand what it is. No, I love you. I've had him pull me up in his lap and love all over me. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I can't sit in your lap. I'm filthy. And that's what happened with Peter. He, he 
Jesus knew who he was. Jesus was going to reveal who he was. Peter couldn't see who he was, but Jesus loved him all the way. So if you understand that there was a public proclamation, the truth of our condition was presented. We can present that in church. I can present that in church, but we can't see ourselves for what we are. Here's the ugly part. Here's what I don't like. Here's what, here's what I struggle with with the message, the painful process. <clears throat> I don't know, but I'm guessing there's a whole lot of people here this morning who are very much enjoying your ignorance. I am enjoying thinking that I love Jesus with all of my heart. I am enjoying thinking I would do anything for my Jesus. I don't really want to understand where that's not really true. And as I begin to really meditate on this message, I thought, Lord, what if you really show me who I am? I'm not sure I can bear to see. Am I alone? Am I alone? And he shows Peter who Peter really is. So the, the painful process, we see our sin. Peter has a sinful bent and it is exposed. Not only does Peter deny Jesus, he curses a preacher who's cussing and swearing and saying, I do not know Jesus and I have nothing to do with him. How many of you think that's bad? How many of you think that's bad? We have a cussing, lying, denying preacher. Okay? And this is the man who, in at least my opinion, possibly loved Jesus more than anybody in the whole crowd. Are you guys getting the magnitude of what I'm preaching to you? He was possibly the best disciple in the bunch. I believe in his heart of hearts he loved Jesus more than anybody there. And this disciple cussed, lied, and said, I don't know who Jesus is, and I have nothing to do with him. How many of you Bible readers know, <clears throat> how many of you Bible readers know when Jesus, or when, when Peter stood there and said, I'm not with him, I don't know who he is, I have nothing to do with him, and blankety, 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 blank, how many of you know what Jesus was doing? He was in there being tortured, and he looked over at him, and he loved him. Does anybody say that just blows your mind? See, Jesus literally, with his physical eyes, looked at Peter and saw Peter cussing and lying and saying, I don't know who he is. And Jesus literally looked at him and loved him. And if I could put some words in Jesus' mouth, and God help me not to be say anything I shouldn't say, but I believe Jesus said, see, Peter, I knew that's who you were. Just had to show you who you are. If you know your Bibles, this same Peter who loved Jesus with everything he had, once he did this, he took a look in the mirror, and the Bible says, I don't believe with any exaggeration, he wept bitterly. It broke his heart. He could not imagine, I just cussed, I just denied him. I just swore to everybody, I know nothing about that man. I, the best, just did the worst. 
He was devastated. And in my mind, Jesus has got him by the hand, and he says, Peter, I want to guide you who, through you who you really are. But Peter, I'm going to be with you the whole way. So Jesus looks at Peter while he's cussing and denying. He looks at him. He loves him. Jesus goes on to be beaten and put on the cross and die and go into the grave. And, 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 and I know we all know the story, but I just envision... I just envision that Jesus, after all he's going through, and after his number one guy turned his back on him, cussed and lied and all the things that he did, it's just like he said, I'm saving the world. I'm saving the whole entire world. But while I'm at it, my heart's really on Peter because I love Peter. And when he went back to heaven, it's just, now the Bible doesn't say this, and I'm not, I'm, this is just Gary's uh, document, or commentary, so you just throw it away. But it's, this is how I imagine it, Brother Steve. As he was raising up from the dead, as he was leaving the tomb, as he was getting ready to go out, he looked over at the angel and said, would you tell Peter? I saw what he did, but I love him. Would you tell Peter? I, I'm, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Would you tell Peter? He's still my man. Still love him. I just want to guide him through this mess so that he can be used by me in a great way. So Peter has to look himself in the mirror and really see who he is. And it was ugly. But Jesus loved him. I want you to get this. When Peter finally, this is what everybody here, I want, I want everybody to see this. This is what you, that's what I've been preaching to you for years. When Peter finally sees what everyone else always could see, he thought, it's over. It's done. I'm not going back to church. I can never face those people again. If they knew this about me, I can never face them again. Now, maybe you're of the mindset and you think to yourself, if Jesus shows me who I really am, it's not going to be that bad and I'm not going to be that bothered. See, I'm not of that mind. Here's the mind I'm of. I'm of the mind, if Jesus answers this prayer that I'm preaching this morning and Jesus shows Gary who I am, I don't know that I'll ever be able to show my face around here. I may not be here next Sunday because I don't know that I can show my face here once Jesus really reveals to me who I am. Peter is very, very clear that that time frame from Jesus' death and then resurrection and until they met again, it is very, very clear. Peter was confused. He was discouraged. But I believe Peter thought, it's over. It's over. It's done. I swore. I denied him. He'll never have anything to do with me again. It's over. I'm sorry, but I can't fix this. Now, that's difficult, that's ugly. And you, this might mess with your theology, and you might not like this, and it might, whatever you want to do with it, but this is what the Bible says. I want us to look at the placement by Jesus. I want us to look about at the assignment after we see ourselves. If we're on the brink of a brand new year, and if we're going to be used in a greater way than we've ever been before, and you individually, not just saying Hill Church, but you individually are going to be used in a greater way than God's ever used you before, He has to get rid of some of the things in your life. 
And when he does, he's going to have a brand new assignment for you, and we're going to have a brand new year with some cleaned up Christians who have finally saw what everyone else could see, and they've changed their lives, and then Jesus will have a brand new assignment for you because he got rid of some of that sin in your life. But between here and there, you have to see your sin. And I really don't want to do that. And if I'm just real honest, I don't want to preach this message. And but Charles, I really I got down this morning and I prayed him, I got down and prayed this morning, Lord, I'm afraid you're gonna answer this prayer. I'm afraid you're gonna do what I'm asking you to do and show me what's wrong with me. So let's look at the story. We all know it, but let's just let's just look at it. <clears throat> Jesus not only tells the angel to tell Peter, but Peter says, I'm just gonna paraphrase. I've done ruined my ministry. I've done ruined my Christianity. I'm going fishing. And know what the Bible said? It's done. I mean, I cussed. I denied him. I did all this wrong. Jesus was nothing to do with me. I can never be a preacher. I can never be a Christian. I can never go back to church. I'm going fishing. And by the way, all you other Christians, why don't you go with me? So all those good Christians left Jesus and went and got in a boat. How many of you know what Jesus did? He came where they were at. If I could just stop real quick, real quick. Is there anybody here who's ever really, really, really messed up and Jesus came where you were at? You don't want to see him. You don't want to see him. You're embarrassed. You're ashamed. He comes where you're at. You want Peter wants to hide. He 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 jumps in the water. He wants to get away. I I can't face him. Anybody ever had that feeling? Remember, I let Jesus down so bad. I don't want to face him. He comes because he loves you, and you don't want to see him. But that didn't stop Jesus. Didn't stop Jesus. Um, Peter, Peter, come over here. We gotta talk. No, Lord, I know what. I know how bad I am, and now I see how wretched I am. I don't want anything to do with you. Peter, come here. No, Jesus, I am so bad you don't want me. Peter, come here. Peter, come here. Come here, Peter. I want to talk to you. No, Jesus, I cussed, and I denied you. I am an evil, wretched man. I can't be around you anymore. Peter, Peter, come here. I love you. Peter, come here. Does you guys see the love of our, of our guide? Peter comes over there. No doubt he just, and he probably thought he's going to chew me out. He's going he's gonna to rub it in my face. He's going to tell me how bad I've been. How many of you know that's not his style? That's not his style. It makes me feel so bad. You know, I don't know if your dad ever did you this way, but I'd rather sometimes take a whooping than him just be real nice to me after I did something bad. Right? And I remember a couple of times I really, really messed up and and and, and so I thought, well, it just wear me out, get it over with, and let's do, let's just do this. And he wouldn't. And I would feel like a dog. But I've had Jesus do me that way. I have failed Jesus and I've let him down, and he has loved on me. And Peter comes there and Jesus doesn't say, Peter, what was you doing there? When I was when they were scourging me, what was you doing? Peter! When they ask with you or with me, what did you say? Peter, why would you cuss? 
Peter, what is wrong with you? And you turn your back on the ministry and you drag a lot of other people with you and you leave the church and go back out into the world. What is wrong with you, Peter? None of that. Know what he said? I love you. I love you. Does anybody see this? I don't know if I'm getting this across. I love you. You messed up. You're a mess. But here's the thing, Peter. I knew you was going to do that before you did it. And I still loved you. The day that Jesus saved every one of you here, if it was 40 years ago, he knew how much of a mess you were then. He's not surprised. And Jesus brought Peter there. Now you can do what you want to with your theology. You say, this doesn't fit my theology. Well, you need to get some new, new theology. But Jesus takes this lying, cussing, backsliding, sinful, rotten preacher, and he says, okay, we got that behind us. Now let's go forward. Let's go preach. Okay? So no, we're not allowed to do that, Jesus. Well, you take it up with Jesus. Because Jesus took this preacher who did all these bad things, and he said, Peter, get back into the ministry where I put you. Now, here's, here's what I want you guys to see. I don't know if anything I've made has made any sense, but here's what I want you guys to see. Shortly after that, Jesus said, feed my sheep and feed my lambs and love, you know, do you love me and, and all those things. We all know the story. And he's, basically what he was saying was, Peter, you need to go back to serving me and preaching the Bible. Not too long after this, Jesus goes back to heaven. A little funny little thing happened called the day of Pentecost. Who was the preacher? Peter. What happened? 3,000 people got saved. A little while after that, 5,000 people got saved. Then Peter and John travel all over, just healing people all over, spreading the gospel, literally transforming the world. And here's what I want you guys to get. Here's what I want you guys to get. Lord, help me to get this to them. Peter could not do that until Jesus guided him through his sin. Does anybody see that? I can't imagine how excruciating that was. Peter would have been glad to have stayed there that day saying, I'm the best and I will not deny Jesus. But Jesus said, I can't use you like I really want to use you until I take you through your sin and let you see yourself in the mirror. And I believe Jesus has been speaking to me this week. And I, and I tell Jesus all the time, I want to be used. And I believe it's like Jesus has been saying, okay, if you want to be used like you say you want to be used, I've got to let you look in the mirror and see yourself. And when you see yourself, I can use you greater than I've ever used you before. And here's the question your pastor has. I'm not sure I want to see. I'm not sure I want to see. Let me just stay here where I'm ignorant and don't know any better. And the Lord said, You'll never get to where I need to use you until you go through that guiding process. I don't know if any of this has made any sense to you, but Peter was used greater after he did this terrible sin than he ever was before that because he couldn't see himself. And I've been preaching for a long time here, and a lot, a lot of, I've been preaching a lot to a lot of you that you know you can't see yourselves and all that, but now we're finally to a place at Sand Hill where a lot of you are coming to me and saying, I'd like to know what's wrong with me. You say, everybody knows, I'd like to know what's wrong with me. Can we all just own up to the fact this is hard? This is hard. Because when you really look in the mirror, we're probably not going to like what we see. 
So here's what I'm going to do this morning. Here's what I'm going to do. I don't know what, what answer you put on that line, if you put yes or no. But if you did put yes, are you willing to let Jesus guide you to see what's wrong with you? Because see, after Peter got a good look in the mirror, this is so powerful, guys. This is so powerful. Please listen. After Peter got a good look in the mirror, there was no going back. He never again goes back to that guy he used to be. We've preached multitudes of messages, and it's, it's been like water on a duck's back. You didn't have a clue I was talking about you. We've pointed out things. We've preached things. We've brought the Word of God. We've done all those things in the church, and a lot of us are still not seeing what's wrong with us. But after Jesus guided him through his sin, Peter never, ever went back. He couldn't stand the thoughts of being that guy he was before. As I stand here before you, I want to be different than I am right now. I want to be a different pastor than I am right now. I want to be able to take Sandhill to a place we've never been before. And I believe the Lord is telling me I've got to see who Gary really is for that to happen. But he loves me. He knows what's wrong with me. He wants to show me what's wrong with me and still love me. So I just wonder if there's anybody else that's interested in that. Um, truth is, it'd be great if every single one of you come to the altar and say, Jesus, show me what's wrong with you. But let, me, let me just give you a little thought I have, a little, a little thought the pastor has. If three of you would really look in the mirror and change who you are, it changes church like you wouldn't believe. If five of you would say, Jesus, whatever's wrong, bring it out in the open, let's deal with it and, and use me in a way you never had before, it would revolutionize this church. If 10 of you would do that, we can move Sandusky. So I don't know how many of you genuinely... Now, let me say this real quickly. We're going to have an article here just in a moment. I'm going to say this as boldly and as bluntly as I can. Everybody listen to me. This is very, very important. If you come up to this altar because you think everyone's going to see you, if you come up to this altar because everyone else is doing it, if you come up to this altar because you think the pastor wants to see that, God have mercy on your soul. This is, not, this is not a game. We're not playing here. This is not a show. If you come up here for pretense, let me remind you of a little name, Ananias and Sapphira. We're not playing games here. If you come up here saying, oh, yeah, I want to be part of that group, and you're not serious, it could be the worst mistake you ever make in your life. We're not playing with God. But if you genuinely say, God, show me what's wrong with me so I can be used in a way that I never had before, I believe God will answer that prayer. Now, I'm going to pray that prayer. And if I could be on the other side of this pulpit, I'm just going to say, I don't want to pray that prayer. And if I was sitting in a pew right now, I'd be thinking, I don't think I want to go up there. I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to be a part of that. Can I just be realized, Brother Charles, I might be one of the guys that stay back here and let the rest of you guys pray because I really don't want to find out what's wrong with Gary. But I'm going to bow down right now and I'm going to ask Jesus to show me what's wrong with Gary. When I get up, if there's nobody here and all you guys are sitting in your seats, well, we'll just be Gary praying by himself and then we'll go home. But if there's anybody else who seriously 
wants to say, Jesus, guide me to see what I cannot see. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.